Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. This is Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown, joined in the ATP studio, in person, all the way from Thailand, Brett Henry of TD. Welcome. Graham, thank you. Great to be here. It's great to be here with you. I think this is um, one of many conversations we had, a continuation of the dialogue about life, podcasting and business. You've flown in today from Bangkok to Singapore, and um, I think it's worth talking a little bit about the journey that you've come. You are in the business of travel, so you obviously have travel down pat. You know how to do it. So you travel well, you eat well in your travels as well. Please disclose to the listeners what you had at Changi Airport. Uh, what did I for, what did I at Changi Airport? I had to eat? Yeah. To eat, I had an extra large ribeye steak <laughs> and steamed broccoli. That's so awesome. I like that. And that what, was, what do you eat in Changi Airport? Changi Airport. Like Krispy Kreme? Coffee. Coffee. Yeah, there's a, there's a dosa place in there. Have you had that? No. Dosa, they're nice. No. But I, I don't roll like you. You roll at a different kind of level. Yeah, so I hit the ground in Singapore just a few hours ago, straight to the ATP studio. Great to be here with you, Graham. It's great to have you. So we're going to talk about your podcast, your journey as well, um, the Travel Daily Podcast, now known as the TD Podcast. Yep, TD Podcast. Um, where are you from originally? I'm from San Francisco. San Francisco. Then when did you move to Asia? 2003, I moved to Singapore. Wow. And when I came from San Francisco to Singapore, I remember landing and thinking, oh my God, it's so amazing here. It's like clean. It's beautiful. It's cheap. You know, why would I not live here? Yeah. And I don't know what happened. I mean, I just went to sleep one night and woke up years later and it was like incredibly expensive. And yeah. when, I, when I was going back to California, I was like, oh my God, it's so cheap here. So I don't, I don't know when it flipped, when Singapore kind of got more expensive than being in California. Uh, but but the cost of living changed dramatically over that period, 20, 2003 to 2015 or so when I left. Yeah, crazy rich Asians. That's it. They're That's it. Driving up the prices. So you left in 2003. Was that your first time in Asia? It was. Yeah. What was the uh, reason for coming out here? Just a job opportunity. Somebody, somebody threw out, hey, you, would you like to go and work in Singapore? And yeah. I grabbed it. Yeah, but that wasn't a done thing back then, was it? I mean, now it's a thing for somebody to say, well, even from the valley to say, right, I'm going to Asia, or even if I was coming from Australia to go to Asia. But now, you know, that is a de-risked move. But back then, 2003, that was a bit of a crazy thing to do, no? I don't know if it was so crazy. I mean, 2003, I was working for a, you know, plus or minus uh, S&P 500 company. They're mm. offering me an expat package, go live in this exotic destination. I'm a surfer, I'm a kite surfer, I'm close to Indonesia. I just felt like, wow, this is a dream. Yeah. So this is back in the day of kind of these, these uh, uh, richer, more comfortable expat packages, pay for your housing, give you a car allowance, uh, tax equalize you, all of these things. So I think uh, those days are probably largely gone for mm. many companies. Or, or less easy to come by. Um, so it wasn't a difficult decision for me at all. I didn't plan on spending the rest of my life in Asia at the time. I just planned to come out for a couple of years, learn new things, experience new things, and go on to the next adventure. 15 years later. Yeah. Still here. Yeah. So let's talk about that. You're now living in Bangkok. I am. How long have you been in Bangkok? Uh, plus or minus a couple of years. Yeah. How, how are you finding it? Because for those outside of Asia, they're, they're sort of, 
you know, the perceptions of Bangkok may be still a little bit of a crazy place. You know, it's cheap to live there. It's noisy, vibrant. Maybe they know it because they've been on vacation in Thailand. It's changing so fast though, isn't it? Something's emerging there. How, how is it for you as somebody actually living there? Yeah, I mean, I think when I vacationed there as a as a tourist, I always thought it was you know interesting the first couple times, but you quickly kind of burn out on what are the tourist things to do in Bangkok. And it's just another big, crowded, congested uh, Southeast Asian city. Um, but living there initially was quite hard for me. You know, getting things set up and running mm. uh, take a lot more time. So I was used to the Singapore way of doing things and trying to get them done in the Singapore way. Um, but eventually, as you kind of let go of trying to expect things to work the way they do somewhere else and adapt to the local uh, way of doing things. I think it's a great place to live. From a business perspective, I think the startup community there is growing really, really fast. If people's impressions of Bangkok are even two to three years old, similar to people talk about China, you know, if, mm. you're, if your impressions of China are 36 or 60 months old, you're way behind. I think Bangkok is similar. I mean, in, in the co-working space where TD is uh, headquartered in Bangkok, uh, we also share uh, that office space with Kluke. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of great startups uh, basing themselves out of uh, Bangkok. Mm. Kluke is a great travel startup for those that don't know if they're outside of Asia. But it's going places as well. So you didn't move to Thailand on an expat package. So you came from the bubble of Singapore as an expat, moved to Thailand to be in the startup scene. That's like worlds apart. How's it been for you? It's been great. I wish I had done it uh, 20 years ago, so I never had the courage to kind of step out and be an entrepreneur. I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm, I was too much of a coward or if it's because uh, I just had such a great journey. I, I, mm. met, I met great people in university who encouraged me to go get you know, the right kind of job, and I had great jobs and great leaders and a great salary and great benefits and comfortable life and continued adventure in uh, different places. Even working in Singapore, I was covering all of Asia Pacific. So I was in Bangladesh one day and South Korea the next, mm. India the next, Australia the next. So it was just an amazing, uh, uh, stimulating environment where you're uh, really well remunerated. I was working for great leaders. It's just hard to kind of break out of that, even though I felt inside me somewhere, wow, I really want to go and try to do something that's more of my own thing. I did start trying to do angel investing about uh, 10 to 12 years ago. Um, and got involved in a in a uh, kind of investment group uh, called AngelVest. Mm. William Balbean, David Chen set up, um, and I thought this would kind of satisfy that. Like, hey, if I'm an angel investor, I'm around all these smart entrepreneurs, startup companies. But actually, it was incredibly uh, and has continued to be dissatisfying. I mean, investing is not the same as like putting your own uh, name on it, mm. going and trying to make it happen, right? So. I, I have enjoyed that, and it's been great being around a bunch of people who are doing investing, but it is not, it is, it is worlds apart from trying to be an entrepreneur. And I know, I know you're, you're living that right now, so mm, I know you feel are, it, yeah. right? Yeah, it's something else. And especially, you know, you've made a choice. I mean, I've made a choice as well about my journey that I've lived on tropical islands. I mean, I spent time in Okinawa, right out in the East China Sea. I lived there in paradise for most of it and out in the Canary Islands off Africa. Wow. And to your point about, you know, being the entrepreneur, I think I got quite bored <laughs> of lying on a tropical island. And people look at me like, what? Are you effing crazy? Like, are you for real? Like, but yeah, I did. And, you know, 
I think there's something about an entrepreneur that's like, that is the blessing and the curse of an entrepreneur is that your mind is this like noisy. And I realized that when you lie on a beach, there's a whole lot of shit going on up there, which is not quiet. You know, you look at something going on, you think, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the things I remember sitting on a beach, I can't remember, it must've been in the Canary Islands. Oh no, sorry, it was, it was uh, when we were in Fiji and I see somebody selling bananas, like local bananas, a woman selling bananas. I'm like, entrepreneur mind. Well, I think if she did a little bit of marketing, <laughs> then maybe she could do better here. You know, I'm right. thinking like that. And that that is the switch that doesn't turn off. And I wonder, you know, and I, I chat with entrepreneurs, it's great to hear sort of like your perspective as well. Is that is that something that just doesn't turn off? Is, is it always full tilt, that mind? So, I mean, you know, does, is that what drives you then into a place like Bangkok to say, look, I really feel the energy here to build a business? This opportunity just came up in, in Bangkok. So I didn't choose Bangkok proactively. This opportunity came up. It's uh, somebody I knew was running this business previously and um, asked me to come take a look with him and see what we could do. So I didn't choose this, but I did I did want my next thing to be, let's go try to be an entrepreneur. And it wasn't because it's the right time in my life. It wasn't anything other than I just decided you know, whatever, I'm going to go do it. We were talking earlier about uh, Gary V, right? Lo yeah. Love and hate for Gary V. I got, I got both love and big hate for Gary. But one of the things that he riffs on, um, one of the few things, because he's only got a few topics, but one of the topics that he, he riffs on is the idea that, you know, you should, you should kind of love what you do every day, mm. you know? And if you're living for Saturday, you, you're probably fucking it up, right? And, and I definitely live my life for the weekends, man. I always had some kick-ass plan going on on the weekend. And if my boss, I mean, my last boss is, is a guy I respect uh, more than anything. His name is Roshan Mendez, still still at Sabre. But I remember when he came in uh, uh, to a, as my boss, a few weekends after he started working, he asked me, hey, I need this document. It's like Saturday. I'm like, well, dude, it's like Saturday. He's like, yeah, and? I was like, ah. Oh. I was so pissed. He's like, he's fucking up my Saturday. <laughs> anyway, I, I just, you know, really remember this feeling. And there's, you know, other times, but really rarely in the corporate world do people kind of screw with you on the weekends. When they do, they really apologize about mm. it because they know, oh, this is like your time. And so it's it's really great to be working somewhere. And I totally get this thing from Gary Vee around, if you're living for Saturday, you're missing it. You're not doing the right thing. And that now... You know, when, when it's the weekend and I can't quite get people responding the same way, I'm like, damn, it's Saturday. That's why. Yeah. Because I'm, st I'm still going excited, thinking about it. Um, and it's great to be working with a team of people. Um, and I'm, I'm really gifted with the team at TD. I mean, these guys are also like in it to win it, you know? Mm. I don't know if they're they're brainwashed in this China 996 thing, mm. but they're just largely always available. And if it's Saturday afternoon makes the best sense for us to get together, they do it. And nobody ever says anything. And I feel like everyone's happy to be there. Maybe later I'll listen to a podcast where some guy's complaining about Brett Henry, a boss who may work on Saturday. Anyway, um, and I, I love that about what you're doing, Graham, because we're here now. It is, uh, I don't know, 7.30, mm. 7.30 on a Monday. And you told me this Monday was your staff's day off. Yeah, yeah uh, because we were working Saturday. Yes, uh, but you came in to record with yeah. me because I was in town. Yeah. So it sounds like you and your team are are living what you are loving what you live, living what you love. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's about, though, right, Brett? Because he's like, you know, we. Have, I've been in different situations where I've recruited people, and it's been like, 
Saturday, get the fuck out. You know, never in those words, but it, I mean, he's laughing now because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. But it's like, oh, well, you know, if I come in Saturday, can I leave at five? Or, you know, those kind of, I'm all done now. Can I leave at 4.30? All those kind of conversations. And we don't need to do this, right? And you're in the shower in the morning thinking about coming to work. And the last thing you want is that feeling like, Oh, fuck. That person's going to be in the office today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when yeah. you're like 19, 20, you just suck it up and you do it. But like when you're older and yeah. you, you, you can make choices, you're like, do I actually have to come and sit and go through that and sort of, you know, have to kind of edit myself to be around these people? Like when you're around with people like your team who are like, yeah, let's get it done. That lifts you up. Yeah, for sure. That's what it's about at the end of the day. The second thing I'll say I learned is that you know, people always said, you know, being an entrepreneur is so hard and so much pressure and stress. I always thought that's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, come on. It's just like any other job. Why are you guys trying to glorify yourselves? Um, but, but when I listen to people like you talk about your business or other people doing it, now that I'm actually doing it, I feel it, man. It's like one day you're on top of the world. Oh, you're, yeah. you're on the front of the Titanic. You know, I don't know what that statement is that, you know, Jack says, but I feel like that. Yeah. And and the next day, man, I'm at the bottom of the sea man. With, with cement shoes, you know, I feel like <laughs> it's, it's, it's over. <laughs> it is officially over, you know, and you really yeah. do feel those highs and lows. Yeah. Um, and you, you have a connection and a sense of responsibility that I've, I've never felt uh, doing anything else in my life. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> love it you're right absolutely i think you know you take the uh it's like travel in a way you know when you, you the difference i think i mean going back to travel it's like there's a there's a difference in life you can you can travel through life or you can be a tourist and i think you know as a traveler you there is no middle ground the highs are high and the lows are low if you ever backpacked anywhere and like you're hungry and you're in survival mode and like somebody asks you something you're like fuck off because <laughs> you're like hungry and you haven't slept and then the next day you're like woohoo it's brilliant but as a tourist you're just sort of in the bus and you're looking through the glass and you know worried about the schedule what's yeah. next oh we've got to get to the uh, batik factory and like all that kind of nonsense is my camera charged yeah did i miss that and you know kind of like you're walking around with this thing stuck to your eye well they don't do that anymore do they it's like this right but i think it's how you experience life isn't it traveler or the tourist and I think I'm, I'm sitting with a, a traveler, a fellow traveler. So I'm going to go with you on that. I'm a traveler. Right, we are. All right. So let's talk a little bit about that. But I, before, I want to talk about your podcast. And I feel, and I feel it in my ear, you've got a really good radio voice. Oh, you've yeah. done this before. No, I haven't. This is the first time ever. And I, I only got started uh, because of your encouragement, Graham. You've done media work before, surely. I have not. What do you think, Barrett? Has he got a radio voice? He has. He's nodding. And we've, we've sat in here. We've sat and we must have done about a hundred now in here. Yeah, I'm over. And thanks, thanks, Barrett. Yeah. There you go. So that's Barrett, just giving you a nod of approval. But yeah, you've got a good voice. So have you ever done any, okay, outside of radio, any kind of PR, public speaking? Public speaking? TV? No, no TV. I just speak at corporate conferences as a, as a corporate clone. Go right. out, deliver the message, boom. Right. Okay, that's cool. We've You've obviously got something. Voice-wise, and that's a key maybe i can thank my my previous employer for the great kind of corp corporations give you like pr and media training right. so you know how to engage with the media 
Yeah. But you've got... I should uh, thank them for that. Well, you've got it. Definitely. You've got it going on. And you've got a good voice control as well, which I don't think people are aware of. Thank you, Sabre. It exists. So let's talk about your podcast. So when did you start? Gosh, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly of the month, but somewhere around uh, mid-year this year. So I would say it was uh, July, maybe August. July, August. So it's the TD podcast. It's about travel. You've had some amazing guests on there. Including Graham <laughs> no, Brown. There you go, exactly. You've blown my own trumpet up my ass, <laughs> whatever the analog, the analogy is. Um, talk about your podcast. Why, why do you do it? Yeah, I started the podcast because I was, uh, I was a listener to the ATP, Graham right. Brown Show. And, and I was really inspired um, by the work you're doing. And you had a podcast on, on audio. And it was some kind of, I don't know, one hour of you pontificating about how audio is the most awesome oh, yeah. thing in the world and going to take over. You know, audio is, is the, the next big thing. And uh, how storytelling is how you really connect and deliver powerful messages. Hmm. Um, that that it's, it's not video, it's not print that audio is the most kind of emotionally connective uh, medium. And so that, that just fascinated me, wanted me to, to encourage me to learn more about this as a format. Mm. Combine that with your consistent kind of encouraging people to just get out there and do, um, made me think we should do it. Yeah, TD is kind of this old school, traditionally this old school B2B media platform. And we're in the middle of trying to remake it into something that's more 2018, millennial or even Gen Z in orientation. Um, so it, it involves, you know, changing the tone and the voice that we use, but it also involves changing the formats that we traditionally mm. use. And so I thought podcasts could be one of the things that we could do that uh, would be different than uh, what we had traditionally done. And you're, you're experimenting. And I like that. Not just in podcasts, but some of the content that you've pushed out and the socials, even that one you showed me today, where you go to the travel conference and you ask people about the sexiest travel startup. We just rock up on people and yeah. surprise them for answers. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Because it's, it's, it's a little bit irreverent. It's authentic too. Yeah, that's the word, authentic. You've got William Balbean on there talking about his startup. William's awesome and William's going to kill me, but he, the, the sexiest startup in travel, he named his Travel Loka. Yeah. And two questions later is, who's the biggest travel agency in Indonesia? And he's like, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> he's so awesome. Uh, there you go. There you go. That's what, that's what happens when you rock up. You exactly. Know, you catch people. Yeah. But I think they like that because it there's a real move, isn't there, in, in media now to portray people as the more human as possible. And you see a lot sort of, for example, like celebrities sitting in cars doing karaoke or coffee with comedians or... Trying to come across as normal. Right. And whether it's the celebrity themselves who feel that this is a way to say what they want without all the bullshit of PR and the yes man. And, you know, oh, you can't ask, you know, you can't ask Brett that question. Let's retake that, you know. That's, that's out of the way. And if you're constantly in that sort of PR world, it must be quite frustrating. And on the other side, I think people want to know. I want to know what Brett's really like, you know. I don't want it clipped. I want to hear like the real story of him. And, you know, he makes mistakes. I think that's already here. That's already what people want. And anyone pushing out content that's corporately polished is wasting their money. Yeah. There's a lot of people doing that. Though. Yeah, but right. I, they're wasting their money. Yeah. And I think that is what we're up against. So let's talk about the kind of content, the kind of interviews that do on TD. And 
I'm really fascinated by what you've learned as a host, if I can call you that. Do you consider yourself a podcast host? I guess I am. Yeah. I just I just started, uh, I'm you know, CEO of this small company, but I started doing it just because somebody had to do it. Yeah. And and you as as a CEO or whatever you call yourself, leader of the company, you know, you, you end up doing something that needs to get done. Um, so, so we started out just, just trying to interview people we thought were involved in topics that were kind of growth oriented for the industry, talking about the people, the companies, the trends and the technologies that are driving growth in the travel industry. And, and in the early days, I, I spent a lot of time kind of thinking about organization, what are the topics, sequencing them, I'm trying to structure the dialogue. Mm. Um, and the more I got into it, the more I realized that it, if I make it like an interview, uh, it's it's a loser. And if you make it like a conversation where we just talk about the people, it, it's a winner. So the, the why, best- Why, why? Go back to that point. That's a really important point. If it's like an interview, you're on a loser. Why? I, I don't know. It just seemed that the podcast that I prepared for the mo- this is, I mean, I don't mean to encourage people not to prepare. I mean, please be a Boy Scout. Uh, but the podcast that I prepared for the most- tend to be the ones that I felt like came off as 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 the least engaging. Rigid. And, and the ones where I just didn't, I didn't mean not to prepare, but I just, honestly, I didn't prepare that much. Or I kind of knew the person and had some rapport, so I was confident yeah. we could get into an interesting conversation, um, are the ones that that really went uh, the best. So, you know, recently I interviewed uh, Douglas Quinby. He is the an old uh, research analyst uh, for one of the most respected firms in travel. And he's just starting up a, a, a travel conference for, I was telling you about small kind of in-destination mm. tours and activity companies. Um, I just interviewed him. We did zero preparation. He, he had a lot going on in his life, um, starting up his new company. He's managing a, a new family. Um, and we're, we're time zones apart. We just jumped on and started talking. Um, but but it's it's been one of the most engaging uh, podcasts that we've done because he and I had just had a, had a conversation. Um, so that's kind of one learning for me is you do need to prepare. You need to know your stuff. And when you're covering an area, it helps if you know something about the, the people, mm-hmm. the companies, technologies, trends. Um, but you can't really prepare uh, completely for the discussion or try to structure all the discussion. You need to go with yourself learning and having a dialogue. Mm. So you found by making it more free flow, but having sort of pointers or waypoints along your conversation to help you keep it on point a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't just completely random conversation. Or How did that actually turn out when you had that conversation with Douglas? Was it, you know, did you get into areas you didn't expect? Yeah, for sure. We just followed the conversation. We, right. had, we had no outline whatsoever. Oh, you didn't have any outline. So th- this is an interesting Kind of like us talking today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No outline whatsoever, apart from Brett Henry, CEO and CD. <laughs> but we know each other. So in that sense, there is a sense that, you know, I'm not going to make you sound like a, a dick, you know, and you trust me enough and I trust you enough that I know you can speak. So that there's the parameters of the conversation. We're not going to go completely off and talk about politics or religion. Yet... I think it's interesting, like that whole sort of free flow. So I think people get a little bit scared as a host. Well, what happens if he starts talking about something 
really niche or niche, right? You know, do I go with it? How do you deal with that? Let's say, you, you know, you get into a rabbit hole. Do you indulge it? Do you go down it? If it's kind of relevant to the whole story? Yeah, I don't have... I have lots of experience with that already. I've done 20 podcasts. So in my first six months or so, we've done 20 episodes. Um, and I don't have lots of experience, but I have some. Um, and, and it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, sometimes when you chase, chase, is it Alice who went down the rabbit hole? What, what do you Well, the rabbit went down the rabbit when hole. When you chase the rabbit down the rabbit hole, it ends up being totally worth the risk. Right. Um, but I, I have to admit, there's been a couple times when I, when I did that and I ended up with 30 or 40 minutes worth of, Wow, I, I wish I hadn't gone there. How, how do I get back out? Right. How do I save this in the last five minutes? Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's just, it's just. I'm, I'm sure that you already can feel it much faster, and I feel like now I can feel it a little bit sooner than I could before. That ooh, time to like you know turn the wheel hard. Um, so I think it just takes experience. I'm sure you're you're really good at that. Yeah, there there's something that comes with. Uh, sitting with a lot of people and being able to read the conversation and to sort of pick up on cues that they give out. Are they willing to kind of throw out cues? And I think everybody that you sit with, it's a two-way process, isn't it? I think you've got to throw something out to show people that, you know, a bit about yourself and reveal that that's cool and then they'll do it. But some people are quite PR trained and quite clipped and they're quite hard to work with. Mm. I heard, I, I've, I've had this discussion with a lot of p podcast friends is that, you know, who would be the worst person to have on your podcast, you know, to have those kind of conversations. And the, the common answer, or I've had it from a couple of people, we seem to agree that Tom Cruise would be pretty damn bad because he's like, everybody wants him. He's an amazing actor, a name that will open doors everywhere, but he'll never open up. You'll never get behind. You'll never get uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, I fucked up. You'll never get that. And I think that's what people really want. Let's just probe a little bit. He's letting a door open, and I'm just going to go in there and find out about I, that. You just want to know you can fuck it up. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I've never seen Tom Cruise as an engaging person being interviewed, so I hadn't thought about it. But I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. I don't think he knows a lot about who would travel. Be the, who would be the person you'd most want to have on your podcast? I mean, you could have anybody. Who would you rather be sitting here rather than me? Apart from you. Yeah. Apart from me. Well, I like interesting people rather than big names. So you're coming back to me, but other than me. Exactly, yeah. Other than me, who would you who would you like to interview? Um as a na as a as a name or a type of person? Anybody. Yeah. Um I As a name. I mean you gotta pick a pick a person. Yeah. Actually, I've got a podcast lined up, but I, he said he was gonna do it. You just got to give us a name already. Right, I'm building it up. Yeah, he said he was going to do it, but it's gone backwards and forwards with his PR people, Tony Fernandez. Ooh, I, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Good call. I met him in person by accident at Newton Hawker Center. And um, I sat next to him, had dinner like in the Hawker Center with him. And Did we, you tell him who you were? Yeah. Did he know who Graham Brown was? No, of course not. <laughs> but I didn't know who he was. That was the embarrassing part. Because he was sitting there and uh, my mate Stuart... We did a podcast. We went for dinner. He was there with his wife. And um, it was Friday night, really busy. Um, no tables. Newton Hawker Center is quite busy anyway. Um, a couple came up and said, uh, do you mind if we sit there? And I said, yeah, sure. I moved my coat and they sat down. We went off and got our dinner. They went off and got theirs and came back. And they were chatting away. 
and uh, he starts asking questions because we were talking about startups and Stuart runs a med, med tech startup. So he was talking about it and we were chatting away. And he said, like, oh, what do you do? And Stuart says, oh, uh, med tech devices, medical devices. And he started talking about it and he asked me and I said, Asia Tech Podcast, this is what I do. And I turned around to him and said, what do you do? And he goes, I run an airline. Oh God, it's you. I recognized him. But I thought he, we really chatted in depth and I thought he would be really interesting because he's like a bit of a maverick. It must be an awesome for him. It's great to be able to sit somewhere and not be recognized. So, yeah, I think yeah. he likes that. Yeah. So, sure. to answer your question, I'd love to have someone like him on, and I hope he's listening. I'm sure he's he's coming soon. Should we get him on yours? Actually, uh, maybe, be, we, it could be a joint podcast. Maybe we can do that three way. All right, Tony. Team. Tony, we're, we're Come on. reaching out. What about you? What kind of people do you really like on your podcast? Is it the type of person or big names? It's not, it's not uh, big names. It's just the type of person. So I think um, everything we just talked about with what makes a good podcast I means somebody who is authentic and just going to come and tell their story and what they care about is what's going to mm. be interesting. Anyone trying to come and tell a, co a company story or carry somebody else's line, it's not going to work because you, you can tell they're just like trying to figure out what they're supposed to say. Mm. Um, so, so I'm looking for people who are in roles that are potential, have the potential to have impact on people or in, or the industry, who I also think are incredibly authentic. And definitely, you know, the, the podcast I told you about, which is, you know, one of the ones that's my personal favorite from our series so far is uh, this guy, Douglas Quimby, who mm -hmm. I told you is authentic. He's, he's pursuing a company trying to really go and help people. I mean, this, this is what makes it so great. It's not that, uh, it's not my radio voice, but thanks, thanks for saying how awesome it is. Um, and it's not my podcasting skills. It's that this guy is authentic and cares about what he's talking about. And that's what's engaging. When you finished that, that conversation with Douglas, how did you feel? How did he feel? And how do you feel generally about doing that podcast? How was that different to, let's say, hey, Douglas, I heard you're in town. Let's have a coffee. I, when I listened to it, I've, I've done 20 or so now. I told you when I listened to, to it, I knew this is this is it. This is great stuff. You listened back to your own and you thought, yeah, I really... I didn't even listen to it. I just knew when yeah. we finished recording, I knew this is good stuff. But Douglas, I'm sure he didn't think anything about it. He just hung up and went upstairs to put his kids to bed. I mean, he, he it was just an hour of his day that he never thought about. Um, I think when he listened to it later, he thought, wow, this, this is great. Yeah. But I don't think at the moment he thought he had bestowed any brilliance or you know some great authentic moment on, mm. on the travel industry. Um, but, but he gave a lot of, of himself personally, and that's what makes it engaging. So when, you know, anyone who's thinking about, you know, getting into podcasting or you're already doing it, I would say that's it, man. You got to seek out people who, who are living, mm. you know, whatever the topic is that you want to go and talk to them about. Living their truth as well. And you as a host, how do you see your role in this? Do you position yourself as an expert in the travel industry somebody who asks good questions, a storyteller, what is it in, for you? Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to that. I hadn't thought about it. You're still learning. I, yeah, I would say, <laughs> I, I would say I, I'm, I'm just someone who's trying to uh, curate the right people to come on the podcast. And I'm, as I said, I'm learning how to pick better people to join it. Mm. Um, and, and I want to have people who join the podcast that can deliver a message that can have an impact on people's lives. So after they listen to it, they, they feel like, you know, they learn something or they're going to do something different or take some action. 
uh, as a result of what they heard, you know? So I think curating the, the, the speaker line or the kind of podcast interview lineup is kind of one key role. And, uh, for me, you know, asking good questions is the second role. So knowing some about the people, knowing some about the industry helps you to probe and ask the right questions. I'm not yet a great storyteller, um, but I, I follow Graham Brown and you are a master. No, no, really. You, you are a master storyteller. Um, and I, I'd love to improve my skills in that area. Mm. I, I think you are a good storyteller. Uh, it's a bit of a mutual back scratching here. But, <laughs> you know, I think what we learn in podcasting is listening to some amazing stories as well. And I have to, you know, think back when people ask, why do you do it? If, if you get to sit with people on a daily basis or even talk to them, like even once a week, and you've done 20 episodes now, you meet some really amazing people. And I think not necessarily aware of their stories either until they actually sit down with you. And you can go quite deep, can't you, in a way that you couldn't do in any other context. This is what I find amazing about podcasts. I'm just learning myself as well. Do I did a podcast with a friend who I've known for, well, been here in uh, since I came to Singapore, or even before actually, so six months, seven months now. And I got to know about him things that I didn't know, even though we've had plenty of conversations because we did our first podcast maybe a week and a half ago. So it's interesting. I'm just sort of learning that. That's a fascinating fact. You can actually sit with people and go to kind of a depth and get some, you know, insights about them out that you wouldn't have got. You maybe have known them for 10 or 15 years. So I'm wondering if, if you've sort of experienced that sort of that connection that you have when you talk to people that you wouldn't have anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. People that I've known that I've done podcasts with after the podcast, you do feel some kind of uh, incremental sense of intimacy Mm. uh, after talking for an hour. Today, after speaking with you for this podcast, I'm sure we will have a, uh, you know, know, one step further, closer relationship as a result of spending this hour together. Yeah, for sure. I hope so. What's your biggest screw up on a podcast? I I got some great stories in my 20 episodes. Oh, really? Okay. So, well, I'll give you one. I'm sure you'll up me. I want the biggest one. I, I, uh, yeah, okay. I did one the other day and... Um, so you, you don't seem so sure, but but Bar- immediately when I asked, he was already like... That one. Yeah, yeah I know, because I do share my fuck-ups quite publicly with the team just to encourage them to do likewise. Um, I did one the other day and it was, it was about podcasting and I was saying something like... That, I'm not going to say who it was because it will give the game away. But um, they were like, yeah, I've just started my podcast and it's going really well. And I I felt myself click into this. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I've, I've done 400 of these. I, I'm, I'm just like, I know studio set up and all that kind of thing. She was, sorry, give it away, maybe, because she's actually uh, um, on the podcast. But anyway, she was saying things like, uh, you, so tell me about how you do it. You sound so professional and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, you know, it's great. We've got the studio set up. It's perfect. And so I did the whole fucking podcast without the microphone plugged in. So I sat after it and thought, oh, you dick. And I'm like 400 in. Wow. I don't know. I can up, up that. <laughs> but the fact that I was sort of almost, you know, up in myself as well during the podcast. I can't imagine you as being arrogant like that. I think you're, I probably, you're probably overstating that for a A little bit, just for effect. I'm a yeah. storyteller. Okay. Yourself, go on. You, I'm sure you've... Uh, had a few. Oh, now, I don't have a, I've only got a few podcasts done, but the, the, the biggest one I have is interviewing a, a CEO of a company, a, a very large company, a CEO who comes with handlers, you know, to the podcast recording. 
but a great guy, super authentic. Um, so not your typical CEO, but he, he comes in and we, we do 30 or 40 minutes and it was epic. I mean, we were sitting close together, eye to eye, and he just had some moments, you know, you listen to sometimes people talk and they say some lines, you're like, oh man, that is, that one's going to be a social snippet for sure. It's going to go. And when we, we finished the podcast, took off the headphones, looked at my laptop, because I'm just recording in the garage band. I'm an amateur. Looked at my laptop, and I had not pressed record. Oh, no. Crickets. <laughs> so this guy, this guy got- I feel your pain, man. This guy got up, left the room, went off to somewhere else. <laughs> and he's also very excited. He's like high-fiving, because he also felt like, dude, that was, oh. that was it. But I didn't capture it. Oh man, you got to do that though to never do it again, to experience the pain. So in credit to this guy, I walked over to the dressing room because he was there for another large event in a, like a, an arena. He was an impact arena presenting. I had him in the dressing room at impact arena. I'm at, I, went, I walked back to his dressing room and said, Hey man, that was great podcast. That's the great news. He says, yeah, it feels like you're getting ready to say there's some bad news. It's like, yeah, the bad news is I, I didn't actually record it. And, and out of, out of kindness, or I don't know, maybe he also thought there was something really good there. He came back and spent another 30 yeah. minutes with me and we recorded again. So you got to give props to this guy. Yeah. Of course, all of his staff said, no, can't do it. No time. He came back and uh, did it again. And it's a great podcast. That is awesome. And it's a good lesson as well. You can actually Press say, record. Yeah. Or and you can actually say, I fucked it up. Yeah, exactly. Even to a CEO. Yeah. yeah. Even with the right guy. But he understands that. That is awesome. But I think the other lesson is, is maybe get some backup. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm learning as well. I'll try to get some tips from Barrett after this yeah. recording. Oh, oh, man. That is oh great story. So we've done the fuck-ups. I'm sure there'll be more. I did actually have one the other day when I did a podcast. and I, Maybe he's listening. Um, and I did, uh, it must have been about 40 minutes. And a really good podcast. And uh, I got to the end of it and I got his name wrong at the end. So as I said, so, so Brett um, Henryson, like that. That's and a good part of audio. You can always like edit. Yeah. That's what engineers are for. Exactly. And that one wasn't actually live. So. Ah. Yeah. yeah. And you're I actually. Safe. You're safe. Yeah. I, I suppose if anyone's listening and wants to know about podcast t technique, I said, oh, fuck. I've really screwed up. I said, look, I got your name wrong. And he was just laughing. Let's do that again. Fine. Rather than try and style it out, ignore that it actually happened. You know, I've seen that done before. Try and smooth. They know you've got their name wrong. You're not going to get through that one. Right. All right. So where does it go from here? What have you sort of learned in the podcasting process? What, what do you think it's done for you? Has it sort of endowed you with any skills, do you think? Or does it honed you in any way? You know, in, in a sense that 20 in. You're seeing different things or you feel like you want to explore more in certain areas? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about me personally, but what I want to do with the platform is just focus more on the learnings I told you already, which is, you know, really, 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 really become ruthless around curating who are the guests. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, pushing out big volumes. I'm just doing one, one every week. Um, so I think for my one a week, I want to find a guest who I, who I am sure is going to be that authentic person mm. who, who has a position that they're trying to claim and who is trying to make a difference in their respective area. 
I think that's what it's about for me. So I really want to focus in the next six months around curating the guests um, and maybe doing more research on my my part to make sure I'm prepared to ask the best questions. So mm. those two skills, kind of, I'm a question asker um, and I'm also a curator of the show. So those are the two things I, I plan to, to really focus on. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to have the high-flying person CEO. Mm. Um, but, but I think it, it definitely helps, um, to get, uh, audience size if you have a name. So if we did a pot, when we do our podcast with Tony Fernandez, our three-way, it's going to have like crazy, crazy listener volume, right? Cause it's fucking Tony Fernandez. Mm. Right. Um, but, but if I interviewed Barrett, he may have the most amazing, I'm sure he has the most amazing story. Maybe Equ- equally as amazing as Tony F's. Yeah. No, it could be more fascinating personal journey hmm. um, and ma- and the makings of a great podcast. But but it's just harder to uh, get listeners to rally around kind of a relative unknown. Um, and so I think my struggle as a, as a commercial operation is wanting to tell the stories of these authentic uh, people, hmm. um, but having to also set that against Wow, if if I get a CEO, my number of listens and people who engage is like two hundred x versus if I got a Brett on the podcast, right? So so I'm kind of struggling with that right now, wanting to stick with authentic leaders, um, but I also um, have a mandate to go and grow the business, mm. grow volume, and commercialize it. So how do you justify that? Because that's a common question, isn't it? Like you know, where's the money in podcasting? How do you justify it to your paymasters, so to speak, that, or even to yourself, that your podcast is a commercial endeavor? Because people often ask me, you know, how do you make money out of podcasting? How do you answer that? I mean, I just use numbers. So now we're, you know, it's all about engagement. So we're just trying to bring people to, to our site. We're selling content and advertising there. Um, and the the podcast numbers uh, speak for themselves. So we're mm. getting we're getting great numbers in terms of time of engagement and also numbers of engagement. Obviously, like I said, if you get a CEO on the show, the engagement's much larger um, than someone who people don't recognize the name. They're just less likely to click on it. So so for for me, it's just uh, justified through numbers, and and it's a it's a one man show essentially. It's me out finding people, recording editing in GarageBand and posting the show. But I mean, believe it or not, I don't have a Barrett mm. back there. We're just, uh, we're just basement, basement tech, this thing, man. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job. And with, you, gui- with guidance from you. So you helped me on, hey, what should I get to set up with? What yeah. should I work with? You've been a great friend in that regards. Well, no, it's great. I'm glad to see it. it's really going places as well. And you've, you know, doing 20 as well, you've got over the hump. Is the it? hump, it, yeah, I think so. I think there's a hump about six to 10. You know, you start with a lot of, you know, momentum, excitement, like with any sort of new endeavor. And then it sort of drops off when you realize, oh, I've got to edit these things. Mm. Or I've got to go and get guests, or I've got to go and distribute it and that kind of thing. And I think if you get through that sort of six to 10, then it's promising. You know, it's it's spinning plates podcasting. You know, one thing is edit. Other thing is get guests. So, you know, you do one and you're not doing the other. So getting a good system in place is really important. I find that. It's like, you know, with any art, there's a good discipline behind it. I got an intro and outro built on Fiverr for like, I don't know, $10 or $30. Uh, like this. 
And, and when we were picking out the voices, I was working with my editor. He's a guy from the UK named Simon, not the same Simon as your Simon, but mm-hmm. he's the editor of TD, Simon Wilmore. Uh, we listened to a bunch of guys on Fiverr and he picked out some, he, he fell in love with some British girl immediately. Like, oh, she's the one. It's like British accent. Is that like, are you sure that's right? He's like, come on, man. Singaporeans like British, British mm. like British. You sound, you know. Americans American. like British. They nobody, love... nobody likes American English. Yeah. And it's actually true. I mean, I think back to my college days. I mean, some guys from UK, you're from UK, right? Yeah. Some guys, from, so you, you can give testimony to this. Some guys from UK like rock up into my college town bar you know, and, and just sit there at the bar and start talking and all the girls are like, oh, where are you from? So intelligent. Oh, I, I love your accent. Yeah, can you talk some more? I just want to listen to you talk. And, and you know, why do they get this big advantage just from the accent? And it doesn't work in the reverse at all because I tried it. Like, <laughs> I was immediately excited. I will fly to Australia. And I did actually with my college roommate. Flew to Australia, went down to, I don't know, not Bondi Beach, the, the Rocks, to some tourist bar. You know, we, we thought we'd just rock up and start speaking American. And all the Australian girls would be like, oh, where are Tom you from? Cruise. Where are you from? You know, you American? Ooh. But it was, it was actually the opposite. They were like, oh my God, it's like some Americans. You know? Yeah, but if you went to Britain with that accent. Yeah, you're going to get, that would no, 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 yes. No, I, I've yeah. done it. I, Have you? <laughs> I can tell you, it doesn't work. The girls are like, oh my God, it's two American guys go. Bro, I think it's you. It could be me. <laughs> exactly. It's not the accent. Got a bit of work to do. What, what if you, um, uh, we, we had a chat off air about this and I'm, I'd like to sort of dig a little deeper just in terms of what people have said to you when they come to you about your podcast. Do you now get people ping you, email or walk up to you? Do you get at conferences or whatever, get recognized? Oh, I listen to your podcast, man. Or do you get people reach out to you? Has that started yet? At what point does that start? I just went to this giant conference, which you and I were just talking about how terrible these big conferences are. But anyway, I went to this big industry conference called World Travel Mart. Mm. It's uh, it's literally like, I don't know, tens of tens of thousands of people in, in this giant uh, conference facility with these big booths for their brands. And then they also have some sessions somewhere. And I think over the three days of this conference, there were like 123 different workshops or presentations, right? So I did a podcast with my managing editor where he and I went through the 123 sessions in, you know, in the agenda before, looked at who's speaking, what the topic is, you know, and, and we, we did a podcast on, hey, WTM's coming up. There's 123 sessions in three days. You can't go to all those plus mm. see anything else. We're going to give you our top 10 recommendations. If you can only go to 10 sessions in three days, awesome. these are the 10 not to miss. And I, and I rocked into this conference first time, never been there before. I don't think uh, many people knew who I was, but I rocked into a, a giant setting. So a guy from uh, Lad Bible was the presenter. All oh, right. I rocked in to hear his uh, speech and three people came up to me and said, hey, are you Brett Henry? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm Brett. Hey, we, we listened to your podcast. We came to this session because you recommended it as one of your top 10 picks. It's like, yes. Awesome. Yeah. How did that make you feel? It's great. It's great. Did you expect that? No, not at all. I, I, not at all. That's awesome. That is really good. I love that. And it's a great podcast as well. I've never thought about doing something like that. Because you don't think, you've got to think, you know, it's actually useful, isn't it? People will have looked for that. Oh, and it's so fun. I mean, it was because it was two of us, it's like Graham's top five picks and yeah. Brett's top five picks. And, you know, he's giving me his picks. I'm like, dude, why would you pick that? Right, no, a bit of banter. These are the five that matter. You know, yeah. we're both... 
quite passionate about defending why our five are the best five. So you're getting recognized. And out of my five, maybe four of my five were good. One of my five was 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 not. I apologize to anyone who went to that <laughs> session. I, I won't name the presenter. Unfinished business, I think. Mm. That's good. It's never perfect. There's always room for improvement. Well, that is awesome. And so, okay, um, before I let you go, let's do um, a shout out to your podcast. So, uh, you know, people will be curious. And I suppose with events coming up as well, you're curating their time at those events, recommendations. So TD Podcast, where do we find it? Yeah, TD Podcast, you can find on uh, on our main website, TravelDailyMedia.com forward slash podcasts, or you can just uh, look for the podcast link on the page. Um, you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Excellent. At, uh, Travel Daily. Brett Henry. Graham Brown. Yeah, no, it's been great having you here. I've really enjoyed this, learned a few things as well. And um, I really, yeah. you know, Thank you, you want to say something, don't you? Go on. Yeah, I just want to say a big thank you to you and Barrett for coming out on your Monday night off. Yeah. Love the passion, love the commitment. Well, exactly. But this is what it's about. I mean, capturing this, this conversation. We wouldn't have done it any other way. Brett Henry, CEO at TD. Go and check him out. Go and check out his podcast. And a big shout out to those who listened to your podcast about that event and actually found it useful. Go and leave a five-star review. Five-star reviews. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Go and get on iTunes or Stitcher and give him a five-star review so you can go and find it under Travel Daily. I'm sure he would appreciate that. Or go and check out the website as well. Put all the details in the show notes. Looking forward to having you back. Maybe okay. when we do that Tony Fernandez podcast. Tony, if you're listening. Tony, we're counting on you, brother. Exactly. Brett Henry, everybody. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.